This is the Incubator and the Neonatology Review Podcast. We are your study buddies for neonatology topics. I'm Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbo. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Daphna, how are you this morning? I'm good. It's Thursday. We're getting, we're getting to the end of the week. <laughs> we're getting to the end of the week. Um, we are chugging along. Thank you to everybody for subscribing. And uh, let's get right into it. All so right, I'll ask you first this time. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question 15. An infant is delivered at 34 weeks gestation and emerges without respiratory effort and a low heart rate. Positive pressure ventilation is initiated using a self-inflating bag. Which of the following statements is true about a self-inflating bag? A. It cannot reliably deliver free flow 100% oxygen. B. It does not have a safety pop-off valve. C. It does not fill spontaneously after it is squeezed. D. It requires a gas source to inflate. E. It requires a tight seal to maintain the inflation of the bag. So which of the following statements is true about a self-inflating bag? This question is brought to you by the NRP. <laughs> this feels like you're when you're recertifying you know that's that's, that's right. the question um and you okay, have to so this, you have to answer it while you're resuscitating an infant sure right? <laughs> so the self-inflating bag is first of all right let's remind ourselves what is the self-inflating right. bag so the self-inflating bag is the one where the bag is made of plastic that's right and is it not the end and it's <laughs> <laughs> and this is not the anesthesia bag right that's not right. like the the latex one that's uh right i mean it's the anyway yeah so, it looks like a glove <laughs> that's right uh so that's not the one we're talking about we're talking about the plastic one that's sort of a bit more rigid um so let's let's go one by one choice a says that it cannot reliably deliver free flow oxygen at a hundred percent um that is true uh i remember that from an rp mm-hmm. and I remember that from the fact that the bag, because it's self-inflating, it it refills with room air. Mm-hmm. And so that that idea that the bag always gets some room air in it, it's always very difficult to get 100%. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that sometimes you can have like a plastic looking bag at the other, at the end of that self-inflating bag, which is like the reservoir. Mm-hmm. And if you have that full of 100%, um, you can get close to 100% oxygen delivery, but you still... the you still, when you let go of the bag, when you inf- when you press on the bag and then you let go, it will always entrain a little bit of room air. Mm-hmm. And so even if the reservoir is there, you will always mix it with some room air. And then that's why you never really uh, reliably reach 100%. Some people I was reading online uh, have said that depending on how quickly and, and, or how slowly you let go, of the of the self-inflating bag and you let that reservoir sort of empty in it you mm. could potentially make sure it's all 100 percent. but that's why i think the question is or the answer is phrased so carefully mm. reliably uh mm-hmm. it's never really reliable sure. so that's 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 why i would pick a that's a helpful uh, way it, to remember that yeah. point yeah it does not have a safety pop-off valve no it does have a safety pop-off valve um 
It does not fill spontaneously after it is squeezed. Of course, yes, it does. I mean, every time, if you've bagged the baby before you let go and the bag reinflates right away, it requires a gas source to inflate. That is incorrect. I know that this is this is the anesthesia bag, right? This mm-hmm. is the the um, the flow inflated bag, and it requires a tight seal to maintain inflation of the bag. That's not true, right? I mean, you, <laughs> this is unfortunately right. it's always puffy. Our, when you pick it up, it's puffy. <laughs> right, and and sometimes we don't get a good seal, and the bag right. still. So so no. So that's why we pick A. Yeah, that's correct. Um, It cannot reliably deliver free flow 100% oxygen. Um, Without a reservoir, um, it can't get even close to that. So only 40% O2 can be delivered. Um, And uh, like you said, the reservoir can help approximate that if you do have gas flowing. And so, like you said, it's it's the self-inflating bag. So you don't necessarily need flow. You don't necessarily need a good seal. Um, and um, you can use it without oxygen, extra oxygen. So it, it's the one that is less likely uh, to deliver 100% oxygen. In contrast with the flow inflating bag, so it, need, it requires flow, or the quote-unquote anesthesia bag, only fills when attached to compress gas. It collapses when not in use and administers 100% FiO2 all of the time. Mm-hmm. You can regulate the pressure, um, but it doesn't actually have one of those uh, safety pop-up valves. Right. I was So this is kind of insane. Without the reservoir, the self-inflating bag can get you like about 40% max. Mm-hmm. With the reservoir, if you are connected to 10 to 12 liters of flow, mm. you can get about 40 to 60%. And you would need to be on 12 to 15 liters of flow to get close to 100%. Like, yeah. Get as close. That's kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You ready? You're up next. Okay. So this is pulmonary question number 19. Which of the following correctly describes type 1 pneumocytes? Choice A. They cover a majority of the alveolar surface. Choice B. They're cuboidal in shape. Choice C. They're progenitor to type 2 cells. And choice D, they secrete surfactant. Go. Okay. <laughs> so, I this is one of these questions where I like to write down what I know first before even looking addressing the question. Oh, yeah. This, this is the question yeah. I get tripped up on all the time. Because you don't want to miss this question, right? This is a memorization question about the size and shape of the pneumocytes, which you don't use clinically at the bedside at all. So you just don't want to ask this question. So I remember that the type one pneumocyte is thin and flat, like the number one. Some people say it's shaped like a fried egg. I guess that makes sense because the fried egg is very flat. Um, Mm -hmm. It contain they use tight junctions between one another. And because they are so thin and flat, you don't need very many of them um, for them to cover a very big area, like 90% of the alveolar surface. Um, and that I remember type one, um, doesn't really have a role in surfactant, um, but is important for gas exchange. And then I remember that the type two is for surfactant. I remember cause you can never have too much surfactant. 
So that's how I remember that type two is for surfactant. Um, they are not flat. They're, they're, they look like a two. So they're cuboidal. And so you need more of them uh, to cover um, less surface. So they really only um, use 10% of the surface uh, area, but um, they are bigger. And then this is the one, the progenitor of type 1 cells. So the type 2 cell comes first and gives off type 1 cells. So I remember that if you had a type 2 cell, <laughs> that maybe you could have two type 1 cells, which is not how they, that's not how they, they don't divide. But uh -huh. I remember that type 2 comes first because it's like having two type 1 cells. Um, and of course, uh, like I said, it's important for surfactant. So let's get to the answers. So let's go back. So hold on. <laughs> which one correctly describes type 1 pneumocytes? So which one will you end up picking? Okay. So let's see. Let's just go down the list. A, it covers the type 1 pneumocyte, covers a majority of the alveolar surface. That is correct. They're thin. They're flat. There aren't very many of them, but they um, cover 90% of the alveolar surface, which which actually makes sense, right? Because if you you would want the cell that is important for gas exchange to be the, um, the predominant. largest uh, surface area because you want the alveoli to do as much gas exchange as possible. B, mm -hmm. cuboidal in shape. No, I told you they're flat and thin like a number one. And C, okay. progenitor to type two cells. No, the... Um, Type 2 cells so, are the progenitor to type 1 cells. Mm -hmm. And then D, do they secrete surfactant? Uh, no, they're number one for gas exchange. And uh, type 2, you can never have too much surfactant. <laughs> That's correct. So the answer is A, covers a majority of the alveolar surface. Um, I don't have much to add. I mean, I think you've explained this very well. Um, to actually put some numbers, maybe the type two pneumocytes cover only about 10% of the alveolar surface. So as you said, the ones that are involved in gas exchange are probably the ones you want covering most of uh, the alveolar surface. Now, let me ask you, the one thing that I think may trip me up and may trip up other people is this whole progenitor to type mm -hmm. two cells. Mm -hmm. So when the, so progenitor to type, so what is, what is progenitor? How do you understand the word progenitor? That it comes it comes first <laughs> and then it okay, right. differentiates. Right. So the progenitor is right. I mean, it's the one who makes, um, mm -hmm. and so sometimes I think in the, I mean, I'm, I'm again, I'm a foreigner and, uh, <laughs> thankfully progenitor works in French too. So I have no excuse on this one, but it could be, it could, you could get tripped up, right? Which mm -hmm. one makes which one. Right. Um, but you, you've said it, right? So type two makes type one. Right. Correct. Um, so, right. So, um, yeah. So that's, that's, so yeah. So the, the type two pneumocytes are the progenitors of type mm -hmm. one pneumocytes, Correct. right? Let's say that again. Type two pneumocytes are the progenitors of type one pneumocytes. And that's it. That's all I have for this question. That was, that was good. And I think that's all we have for today. Yeah. That's it. Sounds good. <laughs> two, oh, I lie. <laughs> I was going to say, we were supposed to do one more. Let's do one All right. more. 21. Let's go. Pulmonary question number 21. Okay. Um, if the surface tension of an alveolus is doubled, how much more pressure will be needed to distend the alveolus? A, one half of the original pressure. B, the same pressure. 
C, double the original pressure, D, triple the original pressure, or E, quadruple the original pressure. So this, um, so, so this is the type of question where usually you know this refers to Laplace's law, right? Mm -hmm. And so before going into the answer choices, I would try to write down the equation mm -hmm. and then find out what I would answer and then look for that answer choices for that answer choice in the in the different uh, in the multiple answers. So Laplace's law, who was a uh, a French, um, I think he was a French physiologist. I think that's officially his his name or um, or a scientist, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But basically, um, we have Laplace's law, which talks about the descending pressure, right, of of the alveoli. And the, the, the formula tells you how much pressure is going to be required to open up an alveoli. And it's a very straightforward equation where it's basically a fraction. And on the numerator, on the top, it is 2, the constant 2, times surface tension divided by the radius. And remember, sometimes there's like an, exp an exponent there, like it could be, no, this is just radius. Mm -hmm. No radius squared. No radi <laughs> yeah, just radius. So let's This is my so favorite equation. <laughs> it's so simple. I love it. Uh, so the descending pressure is equal to two times the surface tension, the t surface tension over radius. So now, knowing this, let's go back to the question. Um, if the surface tension of an alveolus is doubled, so that's our numerator, right? Mm -hmm. um, how much more pressure will be needed to distend the alveolus? And because it's a one-to-one -one relationship, mm -hmm. there's no exponent, it's not squared or anything. It is just, if you double it, then it's double the original pressure. And that's mm -hmm. answer C. That's right, double the original pressure. So to recap, P pressure equals two T over little r. So if your T is twice as big, then your P is twice as big. So bam, that's that. Sometimes it's just that simple and we should just accept it. <laughs> and and run. hope you get a Take Laplace's law on your test. Yeah, yeah. And not the, the flow, the like QP right. and QS. <laughs> just take it and run. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, that's it for us today. Okay. Anything else, Daphna? All right. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. If you like our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out to Daphna and I via email by sending your messages to nicupodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Twitter at NICUPodcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.